Good morning. It's the first Sunday of May. Uh, as you see, I'm gathered around with some girls here that I'm going to introduce you to a little bit later on. But we're beginning a new series. It's called Belong. And we're going to be exploring doing life together as a community of people. People all around the world right now are learning what it's like to have to do community without their group of people around them. And people are losing their minds. And even though we have technology and it allows us to kind of stay close to each other, there's just something different about having this face-to-face -face conversation with people. And so we're ready to get back to normal. We want to get back to our coffee shops and to our sports teams and to the places that we like to go and to gather with people. And I think we're learning a little bit about what it's like um, to, to be created by God. Because he created us to do community together, to be together. And it takes us all the way back to the first two pages of the Bible. And there God created all things. And he created this good world. And, and he made it all for humans for them to enjoy. And when he gets ready to create humankind, this is what the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and all over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. All right. Thank you. You know, we could talk about what it means to be created in the image of God, but what I want us to see is just really what's here. He said, let us make humankind in our image. It's a plurality. So even God is in this community with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and so when God created humankind, he didn't make one, he made two. And it really highlights this idea that we were intended and created to be together when you go into chapter 2 of Genesis. And, and there it kind of backtracks the creation, gives us a little more details. And it tells us there that, that God created Adam first. And he says, it was not good for man to be alone. He says, I will make him a helper fit for him. And so after that, this funny thing kind of happens. All the animals are brought before Adam. <laughs> and he goes through all of them and, and it says, for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Now we love our animals. But there's something about the, what we find with our animals and the companionship we have with them that's different than what we have with, with other humans. And so while Genesis chapter 1 and, and really chapter 2 here is talking about this family dynamic, it also shows us that we were created to, to long and to desire to be uh, with these other humans, to have a place to belong. So this morning we're going to talk about the importance of belonging and really why the church is the ultimate community that God has set up for, for his creation. So I'm going to look at three things. We could look at other things, but we're going to just look at three things as to why this community is so important. And the first thing I want to notice is that community is a place of shared values, purposes, and goals. 
My daughter is with me here at the table. She plays softball. She's played since she was very young. She played t-ball and then on into Little League and now she plays varsity softball for Masters Academy. And these are the girls that I have around this table. In fact, Liv over here, she, she's played with Bella since she first started t-ball and, and they were even in the same little league together. Now here they are together. I have with me the two captains of our softball team, Amber and Tessa, and I'm glad that they're here. And, and what I wanted to bring them here for is because softball is a type of community. It really is. It's a type of community. It's where people come and they do life together for a season or for even longer than that. And even the parents become a part of this community as well. I mean, in all the, the various um, teams that Bella's played for, it just becomes this community. And, and they sit together, the parents, you know, they sweat together and they eat together and they, you know, they cheer on the girls and they have the same interest. It's the same really purpose and, and goals that they have for their daughters. You know, they want them to excel in softball. They want them to have fun. They want them to enjoy doing what they do and enjoy the camaraderie that is there. And there's people that I never would have uh, come to know and become friends with had it not been for softball. And, and there's some folks that I'm still close with that Bella played with, with their daughters and she no longer plays with them, but we still have this, this contact together and we still talk and we still talk about softball. And we talk about, you know, the season and we talk about the next season. We talk about college softball. We talk about our girls and we talk about the things that they're doing. And, and when you get in these communities, you know, you just, you share together. Uh, you know, I know we've done tournaments before and, and, you know, all the girls know they can raid anybody's coolers. They can, you know, we trade out snacks and we just sit around and we, we enjoy each other. And there's something to that. And, and what we also do is we invest. We invest not only our time, we invest our finances. And, and that goes more than just fees. Uh, you know, it's all the equipment that you buy. It, it also goes to investing in the things that make us as parents a little more comfortable. You know, we buy nice chairs and we buy these tent type of things and we invite other people in our softball community to come sit up under with us and we buy nice coolers and all kinds of things. And we invest in those things. And so here we have this community and it's all centered around this bright yellow ball in the middle of my table. So the Christian community, it's a place of shared values and goals and purpose. It centers around something that's greater than an inanimate object. It's centered around the creator himself. This is what unites us. People that we would never have been together otherwise, we come together because we simply center around Jesus. And these are people with various abilities, various financial status and popularity and ages and, uh, you know, genders and everything else. And we all in this thing together and we're just centered around the same thing. We're centered around Christ. Galatians chapter three, 
26 through 28, the Apostle Paul tells us this. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you are, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all in one Jesus Christ. All right, so our values, our purpose, our goals are all centered around Jesus. We talk about those things together. We, we strive to be more like Jesus. We invest our time. We invest our, our money around our values, around our goals, because that's what a community does. That it invests everything about us. And this community of Christ is the greatest. It's the most powerful at all. And over this next couple of weeks, we're going to really look more into these various aspects and what that looks like in the Jesus community. And then also what happened after Jesus left in this, this church community that he has left behind for us. Here's the second thing that I want to notice as to why this community is important. And that is community is a place of support. Community is a place of support. A good softball team supports everybody in the group. You know, you girls have a good coach, Coach Boyer. You know him a little bit. This is Coach Boyer's daughter here. And one of the things he really instills is this idea that when somebody's down, when somebody has a need, when somebody, maybe they need to learn something that the communities, they center around that. And you two as captains, that's, that's what a big part of what he tells you your job is as a captain, right? Is, is your, you are to support because we all need each other because we're all going to make mistakes. And when somebody makes an error in the field, for example, you know, they need somebody that can pick them up because it's hard and you can get down on yourself you began to, uh, you know, think that maybe everybody hates you and all of these kind of things. And when you do that, all it does is it leads to more errors, more mistakes. So you can't dwell on those things. And we need people who come beside us and they support us and they tell us it's okay because you're a part of the community. And that's what it does. Let's read another passage now from Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone and he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand it. And threefold cord is not quickly broken. Thank you. This is even more important in life. You know, right now I've, I'm hearing these stories. Anybody goes to the hospital, you know, whether it's for COVID-19 or whether it's something else, your friends and family can't go in there with you because the coronavirus is so contagious. They, they just can't allow it. And imagine being sick, being, you know, a very difficult time in your life. And I've even read stories of those who've died in the hospital from the coronavirus and, and they can't have friends and family who are there surrounding them. No doubt medical staff will be there. But those people that they consider, this is my family, this is my group, they can't be there. And when you read that, you're just like, man, it just tears you up. It's like, well, why does it do that to us? Because we have this innate sense 
that community, that, that we have this community and that we belong together. And, and we just know that isolation is not a good thing. You know, in prison, one of the punishments is they put you in segregation, you know? They, they take you away from everybody else and you have to live there for a month or whatever it is, all by yourself, because it's punishment. It's not something that's good. The Apostle Paul, he used the word several times throughout his writings. Now, we translate it as two words. It's the words one another. And several times through here. And, and I'm going to give you just a little snippet of these one another passages to show one aspect of the one another is support. So he says to build up one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, care for one another, look to the interests of one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. After Israel was freed from Egyptian slavery, they're out in the wilderness and the Amalekites come and, and they attack them. And Israel wins, but it's, it's like this really unorthodox battle plan. So as long as Moses, I'm going to use this bat as Moses' rod of God, as long as Moses held the the rod of God above his head or up in the air, then they, they would win, right? They prevail. But, you know, if it came down, the enemy would start to prevail. Well, if you've ever tried to hold something up for, for a long period of time like this, you know your arms get tired. And so it was for Moses. But fortunately, he had two people that were part of his community, Aaron and Hur, and they come beside Moses. They set him down on a stone. And on each side, they hold up his hands so that Israel would win. I want you to, to think in terms of, you know, whatever struggles that you go through in life, it's like a battlefield. You know, and I don't know what it is for you girls. I don't know what it is for people who are watching this morning, but it could be depression. It could be addictions. It could be just, you know, trying to, to get good grades. It, it, it could be a lot of different things. Whatever your battlefields are, you know, you can try to take it on yourself and you might do okay for a moment like Moses would have done. But after a while, the battle grows weary. And you need people who are beside you, who are there to help you and to support you. And, and that is the intent of the church, because here we are and we are in a real spiritual battle, is what the Bible talks about, that we go through. Our values that we talked about a moment ago, they conflict with the world, right? And so that's why the church is so important. It's, it's a place where you're safe, where we share the same values, where we celebrate the same goals and purpose. This is not a one-way institution here. It is a place that we help to support other people and they help to support us. It's that one another. So community is very important in this life that we live uh, as Christians. Third and final point I want to look at is community gives us a sense of completeness, gives us a sense of completeness. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book 
on personality types. And one of the first things I noticed early on in doing these studies is everybody has strengths and weaknesses. We all do. We all have things that are our strengths and we have things that are our weaknesses. And, and what you girls may not realize this, but you're going to marry someone more, more than likely who has an opposite personality type than you. Your best friends are going to typically be people who are opposite of you. And the reason that is, is that other people's strength, other person's strength, is generally what your weaknesses are. And what your strengths are, are generally what their weaknesses are. And so together, you help complete each other. It's, it's really, it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know, that's the beauty of a sport, because you have all these players together, and they all have different strengths and weaknesses. You know, some girls are faster than others. Uh, some of you girls can throw harder than others. There are, are some who can, uh, you know, they have the uh, field better than others or hit better than others. But every single one on a team is important. And it's not just the nine girls on the field. It's also those in the dugout, which Coach Boyer talks about as well. You know, not everybody can pitch a softball really hard down the middle of a plate, you know, with accuracy. Uh, not everybody can, can be a catcher, uh, Olivia, because there's a lot to think about, isn't there, right? I mean, you, you got the play being called in, the pitch called in, and now you got to focus on the ball coming down, and, and are they going to swing? If they do swing, is there going to be a wild pitch? And what about the people on the bases? You know, not everybody can, can get in all of that. And, and in each fielding position, every single one of them is a skill. Not any single one isn't important. And so they all work together to help make up for the weaknesses uh, of others by using your own strengths and vice versa. So you may make an error in the field. You may, may not have, you feel like you could have played this thing better or whatever it may be, but then you come in and somebody gets a hit. You know, and we get some runs back on the board and, and it just helps or, you know, somebody misses the ball, but yet there's somebody there backing you up. I mean, all of these things, these strengths and weaknesses is, is a part of the game. And the more you work and the better you are, the stronger the whole team becomes, right? So the Christian community is made up of strengths and weaknesses, some excel in things like leadership or organization. Some people are more compassionate naturally than other people. Some people, you know, they're better up front than others. Some people, they just have this knack to just to think about others and to pray for them. But every single one is important uh, in this community. And so we need to pour ourselves into other people as we want them to pour into us because we just become stronger. More than anything, Satan wants to isolate God's community. He wants us to go on our own. Sometimes we don't realize what we have until we don't have the people that were surrounding us and how important that they've become. 
And I think as Christians, we should get the blues when we get to a point in our lives where we're not seeing other Christian brothers and sisters. And, and, and you know, there's something that should feel like things are missing. And I want to issue a challenge to everyone that's out there. And that is, I want us to look within ourselves and ask, you know, really, what kind of teammate, if you will, am I in the community of Christ? You know, this is, this is a time where a lot of us are isolated. We're sitting and we're watching, you know, worship at home and doing those kinds. It's really a good time of self-examination. We need to ask ourselves, am I a person who's really missed in the Christian community? And, and we, you always have teams and, and sometimes you have parents and things of that sort that I've seen throughout the years. You know, for the most part, you have this community, but then you have some of those that want to sit out on the outside of everyone else. And they never get to enjoy the beauty of what's happening within and how everybody is becoming a participant in one way or another. And they probably don't miss that community. And they probably don't miss the one who is so aloof and on the outside. And we all have things we need to work on. And I think this is one of the areas we just need to ask ourselves, if, if I, when I come back, what kind of Christian do I want to be? How can I better the community of Christ? And you may be watching, and for some reason, you're not, you don't belong to a church family of any type. And, and I'm here to tell you the, the beautiful part is it's unlike softball or other sports. The community of Christ, it doesn't have a tryout. It's not based on your abilities and your skills. In fact, if you read about Jesus, often he went out and found the weakest. He found the people that felt they had no community whatsoever. And he brought them in. And the way we come into this community, the very first thing that has to happen is we absolutely submit ourselves to Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord. And then he brings us in, and the more we become and try to become like Jesus, the more we see the community grow and flourish in ways that we never could have imagined. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day and we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning, even though we're not all together. Father, we thank you for the technology that we have to be in people's homes. Father, we long to be back with your family once again and all of our churches and so that we can just continue to grow and to build each other up. And Father, just help us as we center around you and our lives and Father, just continue to, to make us more like you in every way. Father, we thank you for, for your spirit who lives in us and helps us and guides us. And so, Father, we pray all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.